0: Welcome to the Code Life podcast with me Nathan Blackaby and my great mate Carl Beach. Hello mate. Hello mate. Right. <clears throat> I want to tell you a story while you're multitasking. Yeah. About Aaron or Aaron. I suppose we would call him Aaron. 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 In, in they say Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Ralston. Yeah. Great story. 100 days. Yeah. Was it 100 no, it 100 days, was it? 100 hours. <laughs> Hundred days he would have been bad shape. Can you imagine?
1: So what we're talking about is here. This is the man they made a film about. A hundred hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Who had a he had a terrible. M- it. No, but because we started talking about it, okay. he had a terrible moment.
0: Let me read this to you. Mm. On April twenty sixth, two thousand and three, Aaron Ralston was hiking alone through Blue John Canyon in eastern Wayne County, Utah. Just south of Horseshoe Canyon. While he was descending a slot canyon, a suspended boulder became dislodged while he was climbing down from it. The rock smashed his left hand and then crushed his right hand against the canyon wall. Ralston had not informed anyone of his hiking plans, nor did he have any way to call for help. That's not good thinking. That's not good thinking. But we'll move on. (laughs) Assuming that he would die without intervention. He spent five days slowly sipping his small amount of remaining water, approximately three hundred and fifty mil, and slowly eating his small amount of food, two burritos. So he went caving, or my, he went in a canyon walk on his own, yeah, without a mobile or any way of ringing anyone for help, with two burritos and some water. Good idea. Two burritos and some water. <laughs> That's what he took. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, All right. It's more than we would have taken. Yeah, to really. be fair it is. Uh, I once walked up uh, with Karen, I once walked up Ben Nevis in a pair of flip-flops. You didn't? Yeah, we got quite near the top.
0: pair of flip-flops?
1: Yeah, yeah a, pair of flip-flops, a pair of shorts a little oh. bit of water. We got quite near the top. We were newly married and Karen <laughs> was just said, I think we need to go down. Just yeah. hailing. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> we were very near the top. Yeah. This bloke came back in all the kits and he went, I think you ought to turn back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this lad has got flip-flops from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's he doing he uh, hadn't seen your rams on toenails though had he digging into the no. ground that's like, a serodactyl
1: claws, my <laughs> toes been breaking the wall since <laughs> 1972 <laughs> <laughs> oh okay,
0: right back to the back to <laughs> back, the handout back to the handout uh so he's eating burritos uh, while repeatedly trying to extricate his arm his efforts were futile as he was able to free his arm so his right arm got stuck underneath an 800 pound so 360 kilogram chock stone boulder after three days of trying to lift and break the boulder the dehydrated and delirious Ralston prepared to amputate his trapped arm at the point of the mid forearm in order to escape Oh. after having experimented with tourniquets and having made exploratory superficial cuts to his forearm he realised <laughs> on the fourth day that in order to free his arm he would have to cut through the bones in it but oh. the tools available were insufficient to do so so we've got there is just a listener discretion here there is a little bit of detail yeah. Yeah. that we'll explore and
1: and I think what we need to say is that our podcasts <coughs> are aimed at men yeah and but a lot of them you can listen to if your sons or daughters or your wives yeah but some of the content is you need discretion yeah
0: yeah because it's gory some of it's gory it's gory and we're, nothing licentious horrible not no no but we are going to tell the stories as they are as they are that's, that's, what, that's what we're doing <clears throat> that's it so after running out of food and water on the fifth day he decided to drink his own urine He carved his name, date of birth and presumed a date of death into the sandstone canyon wall Mm. and videotaped his last goodbyes to his family. Mm. He did not expect to survive the night. After waking at dawn the following day, he discovered that his arm had begun to decompose due to the lack of circulation. Mm. Ralston then had an epiphany that he could break his radius and ulna, ulna bones. Using a torque uh, sorry, using torque against his trapped arm. So he did so. He then amputated his forearm <coughs> with his multi tool using the dull two inch knife mm. which lasted about one hour of cutting. Yeah. Uh the manufacturer of the tool was never named, but Ralston said it was not a leatherman. Interesting. Yeah. But he but Just on uh, as an
1: aside, have you got a leatherman? No. I'd I'd like a leatherman. Is it a good bit of kit? I got my dad one a couple of years ago. I think he likes it, keeps it in his <coughs> pocket and, you know, doesn't have yeah. stuff around yeah. the
0: house. See, I just think it's a bit oh, big to have in your pocket. I always think it's good to have a little,
1: like, uh, legal carry knife. I always find myself cutting parcels open and yeah. cutting yeah, bags yeah. of coal yeah. open yeah, yeah. Home and
0: it's, well, it's good to have something, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if he didn't have his leverman or his equivalent, yeah. he's dead, isn't he? Yeah. And he'd chew your arm off, but...
1: I'm a bit old school like that. I think mm. it's good for a bloke to have a little... You
0: know, carry or something, pocket tool, little pockets or, something. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm with you on that. Um, so he didn't have a leverman. He had he had something that when you spend fifteen quid of fuel, you get a free oh, yeah. multi tool. So it's a cheap thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, we'll come into some of this detail in a minute. This is just the overview introduction. We're yeah. going to get the testimony from Aaron himself. But after freeing himself, Ralston climbed out of the slot canyon in which he had been trapped. He then repelled with one arm. Repelled wow. down a sixty-five-foot sheer wall, and then hiked out the canyon. All one-handed, he was eight miles from his vehicle and had no phone. And while he was hiking out the canyon, he encountered a family on holiday from the Netherlands, <laughs> and they they rescued him. I thought that was incredible. Have you
1: watched the film? No, the film is is uh, quite remarkable. I, mean, I always find that a book is better than the film. Well, you use your imagination,
0: don't you, more? Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, maybe I need to watch the film. It's uh, yeah, it's it's done tastefully, mm. but it shows the it shows the horror of it mm. Mm. psychologically.
0: Mm. The searing.
1: I have seen clips. He had to break his own bone.
0: Yeah. When and he he did cut through, didn't he? The little bit of graphic here, if you are listening, uh, cut through skin, muscle, tendon but it, wasn't it the nerve that really got him like cutting through the nerve he, he had some pliers and he had to you know yeah yeah not good uh, you got to get your arm off and not you he's got to come off in the footage I saw when he finally got it off he fell back into the cave and he was like I'm free suddenly in that instant yeah last bit of skin came off and he was free
1: yeah
0: anyway let me read you his testimony so this is um, Aaron's sort of perspective on it Mm. and I thought it would just be interesting to think about. So he says this, I got to this spot in the Slot Canyon where it was about three feet across. I was by myself and there was a drop off from the bottom of the canyon and when I got to that drop off there it was about 10 feet down to the continuing canyon floor. As I stepped to the edge of the chalk stone, a rock that had been moved Um, through by the flash floods and wedged between the two walls of the canyon debris had piled up behind it until there was a level floor coming up to the edge and then a drop off so a bit of a platform and then a drop down I got to the edge and there was yet another stone that had been moved by a flood over the edge of that drop and it was stuck between the walls so a big boulder stuck in this canyon so he's essentially trying to step down onto that and then down onto the canyon floor Uh, and a couple of feet in front of me says and a couple of feet down was this boulder and it was wedged take a moment just to imagine how awkward it might be if you found yourself for some reason stuck on the top of a rim of a basketball hoop how you would get down he says you would have to somehow figure out in a very confined space to work yourself into a position to grab onto the edge of the basketball rim and then get your feet off the edge until you could get in a place where you were dangling from the rim of the basketball hoop to minimise your fall, and then let go and drop the rest of the way down to the floor. That makes sense, that you kind of yeah. position yourself, yeah, I'm picturing it. lay your body on it, and then s- slow down. Yeah. Effectively, that was what I was trying to do. Instead of it being a rim of a basketball hoop, I was doing this with a boulder. Unfortunately for me, that rock started to move. As I started to, uh, As it started to move, I was hanging from it. So I let go, dropped to the ground and gathered myself. I put my hands up and tried to get my head out of the way. I tried pushing back and the boulder was ricocheting, bouncing between the walls of the canyon in this very narrow place. So he's like dropped and as this thing's come down, he's he's lifted up his hands, it's bounced off his left hand off the wall and then finally it became stuck one more time between the wall of the canyon Except this time, my right hand had been ensnared on the right-hand side of the boulder and was irretrievably stuck. I was trapped Mm. and in a great deal of pain. (sighs) I mean, that's got to be quite a scary situation, isn't it? Yeah. To instantly go from just having a nice walk out, eating a burrito, to suddenly (laughs) your your arms pinned. I mean, he was
1: was an outdoorsman, wasn't he? He was a a proper climber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think... Probably just got a bit blase. Yeah. So he's out and sunny up like, one minute, like you say, you're having, yeah. having your it pretty yeah. like, climb that boulder next yeah. minute.
0: Jumping around. Done, you're done. Down you go. And no one, no one could see him. No one was coming by. He goes on to say 60, 80, 100 hours without sleep, just standing there trapped. I mean I've stood for 24 hours when I did the 24 hour Dartathon. My back ached. <laughs> My legs were aching. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. What? Hold on, like, say. So,
1: <laughs> so, we're talking here about a bloke, so a proper mountain climber. Yeah. He Yeah. trapped by his arm, He's cut his arm off. Yeah. And the best comparison we can come up with is when I was doing a 24 hour dartathon, <laughs> playing darts, 24 hours, he back hurt.
0: <laughs> well, as close as I can get carry on with the analogy and what I was going to say was my back was really aching (laughs) so (laughs) can you imagine 100 hours with a decomposing head not being able to sit down or anything just standing there 100 hours sipping water (coughs) (laughs) brutal isn't it absolutely
1: what are we we talking about the darts the
0: (laughs) The darts was tiring I'm telling you
1: you were a shell of a man after
0: I was Fatiguing, mentally fatiguing. The darts—it was surprising, actually.
1: You're sort of staring into the distance. You're just saying, "Yeah,
0: that. yeah." Um, but anyway, uh, I like to think that I'm quite logical and calm. And in a moment of disaster, I like to think I would—I would be able to process stuff and think clearly and not panic. And, and he says there was moments where, he like, imagine like a cat got a tail stuck; it would just go frantic, spinning and. He said he was like that frantically trying to get his arm free couldn't do it he'd been chipping away at the rock with a blade on his multi-tool the bigger blade and that had blunted right Mm -hmm. so he he went over to the little two inch blade the little rubbish one chipping away and then The story is he recalls. How what's the the legal carry
1: size blade? See, I think so. One half inch, isn't it? Something like that. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think it's a one and a half inch blade. It's two inches tiny, isn't it? Yeah, two inches tiny. So he was chipping away at the rock, and Mm -hmm. uh, he says the blade accidentally nicked his thumb on his right hand. So as he's frantically chipping away at this thing, thinking if I can move it just a little bit, so he's cut his thumb. And he said, "I didn't feel it. I didn't feel pain." He said, "He recalls that." Not he a be- good sign. No, yeah. he said, "I became curious, prodding, and stuck the." Kn- I mean, just to say here. Yeah, go on. It, well,
1: it, it just struck me as you said that. Then I became curious. He's got a different mindset. Hmm. He's different, isn't he? Like yeah. he's a. Uh, his mind is like some of these guys. They're, they're the people who do free climbing or free yeah. soloing, and yeah. Are climbing out ropes and they're just <coughs> heading out on their own, adventuring. Often their minds are wired differently. Now, if I watched a thumb, my thumb gets stabbed by a knife, mm. I'd be and it didn't hurt. I don't think I'd say oh, that's intriguing. No, because what happened next? Yeah, he, yeah. It's so, wired differently, right? That's well, what was dragging yeah, up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and yeah, <clears throat> there's re- something there we can all access. Yeah, and so. re- yeah, I think so. I think so. He recalls that he became curious. Prodding. Curious. Mm. And stuck the knife down into the thumb. Right, yeah.
1: So he did it again the second time on purpose. Would you do that?
0: Well, and it, he says it slid into the thumb like a knife into warm butter. <laughs> well, that's quite horrible, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, no, would you, I, would you, would you stab a if, second
1: time? Well, I don't on. know
0: if I would. If if you've been standing... So, 24 hours dart I was tired, I went thinking straight. You mm. imagine... 100 hours standing and thinking I'm right, dead so here mind shot you think he's mind he might, shot I think I'm so. thinking
1: he's wired differently but you're thinking it's mind know.
0: shot I think it's just desperation I think it's like I'll do anything now and some people give in they're not curious at that point do you they're think like, it just? some people would just lay there drop let all their weight go and just hang on that dead arm till they die yeah that's for sure some blokes would have done that just yeah. rolled over and said I'm done here roll over done I'm done
1: Good night, sweetheart
0: yeah but interestingly, in the story, if he'd have cut his arm off sooner, they reckon he would have bled out. Interesting. It's just, Did he know that? He didn't, no, he no. didn't know that. He didn't know that. So, picture the scene. You've got a little blade and you've jabbed it in your thumb, fairly mm. deep, mm. and you can't feel a thing. Mm. I feel a bit nauseous. He then says he heard this noise. hiss yeah. He said that Body gas. it was decomposing gases from his decomposing hand, having been there for five days with no blood circulation. So that's going to start smelling. That is a nasty injury. So you're actually on a ticking time bomb, aren't you? Oh, he's, rot- he's rotting. He's rotting, standing there rotting. As well as dehydrating and exposure and all this stuff. Have you ever uh,
1: woken up in the middle of the night and been lying on your arm <laughs> and you can't feel your hand and it's all flapping about? <laughs> Yeah. You know, you're going oh I can't yeah. feel it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: similar it's, like can't, it's gone similar like the darts <laughs> <laughs> so he had this epiphany right yeah he then realised this rotten arm I'm going to have it off instead of trying to free the arm he mm. says this arm's dead to me you're dead to me mm. I'm leaving you here mm. <laughs> so he, I've had it with you yeah you're done. You're done. The your time's done with me. And he realises, apparently he was an engineer and he knew angles, pressures. Oh. And he, in the reenactment I watched on YouTube, he got himself into a position because obviously there's two bones to break in the arm. Mm. High up, it was quite high up on the wrist, just behind the where you put your watch. Yeah, where you've got the tag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he, he breaks the top one first, I think, and then he get, he feels it go and then he, gets into a different position all his weight and the bottom one goes and they break in the same place I don't yeah that's a that's <laughs> another
1: level isn't it like uh, uh, <laughs> leaning on your arm to break it yeah
0: yeah. I, I mean it is I don't know mad. if I could do that For desperation I it's could. desperation do you want to live do you want to get out of here yeah. do you want to have a story to tell I mean he's travelled the world now it's, uh, it's quite
1: extreme to get a preach isn't it well that'll preach though Well, you could use it for the copy. on a circuit you're on a public speaking circuit <laughs> if i good a biotic arm couldn't you there's definitely, the arm. A,
0: there's definitely a hook there isn't there yeah <laughs> well, hello yeah uh, so yeah. he's anyway he's getting your claws into this one <laughs> 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 so, so he's basically mm. this is quite yeah it's horrible but let's get over the graphic bit he's broken his arm yeah he then decides to start cutting. He said he starts cutting he gets through it, and he's an hour It takes him an hour to cut through um <clears throat> The tender's obviously very very difficult to cut, yeah he uses pliers for that mm. uh, and he's out and he suddenly he's free, and the arms hanging there, and he's managed to get out and uh well, it's quite incredible in the interview in one of the interviews i was I was watching online the interviewer was in the cave with him and Aaron as he's reliving this moment he's really shaken and the interviewer says to him Aaron at this point as his arm came away well he came away from the arm
1: yeah
0: the interviewer says it looks like you were reborn and he says yeah I was it was the most incredible moment of my life that's he said yeah yeah and then he went back and uh, he had the arm cremated and he scattered it in the canyon where the rock is he said that's where it belongs and he left his arm there I thought that was fascinating. The interview was like, it looked like you were reborn. He was like, yeah, it was like being born again. It was like a new. Yeah, that
1: comes across a bit in the film. Does it? Yeah. I quite like that. I, I thought that was quite good. I'm just thinking. He's got his life back, in. It's freedom.
0: Hmm. Cost him his arm, though. Hmm. So that got me thinking because at CVM and stuff and what we're doing with the code life we see a lot of guys at different events at different um, meetings that we put on or attend and and for lots of different reasons I think guys get themselves trapped a bit like Aaron and he he had to make this defining moment didn't he he had this epiphany like this is I've got to break my own arm and cut it off but I want to live and I, I need to live beyond this moment I want to go on. I thought that was quite powerful. Uh, I think there's stuff in loads of guys' lives who who we've seen, who we meet. And it's like, I remember reading that verse in um, Hebrews. Let me read it to you. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles or ensnares us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. I like that. I wonder what is it in our lives that ensnares us or traps us? Like that boulder it can be work, yep. it can be expectation or ambition or loads of stuff. And we almost expectations, that's a big one. Isn't you it? could die under it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it could be something that you die under, trying to move and shift and get round and and in the end he left his arm there and carried on his life without it I thought that was really powerful what do you think um,
1: I think mate we get on the treadmill mm. we're on the hamster with a life and we stop making decisions that bring us life mm. and that's yeah, when you that's feel good. trapped yeah and uh, and, it, and it's hard to lift your head up and see out of it. So I think, metaphorically, there are a lot of men dangling on a rope with their arm trapped by a boulder, mm. and they and and they're looking at their pension, mm. their mortgage, yeah, their lifestyle. And actually, the reality is they're hanging off a rope with their arm trapped by a boulder, but they won't cut their arm off, mm. which could be false expectations, financial fears. Mm. You know, and every decision I've made that's brought life to me has mm. come at some sort of cost. And I've had to cut things off or
0: yeah.
1: or pay the price for that life-giving decision, but six months later, I feel great.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That, that has happened to me when I've changed jobs or I had to downsize my house or whatever that I've so done. you're talking
0: sacrifice.
1: I've had to sacrifice something to bring life to myself, my family my friends. That's powerful, that, mate, is Yeah. But I think a lot of people, when you talk to them, I'll say, like, Oh, you know, you could do this amazing thing. Like you're so gifted, why don't right? you do that? And they go, oh, "I've got, I've got eight years left on my mortgage, or yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got my final salary pension." And I'm yeah. like, your, "Your arms trapped on a boulder, there, brother. Mm.
0: Just I'm holding it to up. That.
1: Yeah, eight years of life." And you say "Do you enjoy what you do? And no, I hate it. I'm like, what what are you doing? she write about your
0: pension, or because it's got a horse? Because it'll cost them to cut free, won't
1: it? I know someone who is employing very, very wealthy people.
0: Yeah." And uh,
1: like it's part of a corporation, and they, they were having to make around redundancies. People were earning hundreds of thousands of pounds a year, and people were pleading for their jobs because they had the horse, the car, the million-pound mortgage,
0: mm.
1: and they were going to have nothing. That's your arm trapped on a boulder;
0: it's going to kill just,
1: you. We don't have to have the million-pound job. We could just, you know, ordinary yeah. bloke, but you yeah, yeah. you do the same thing all your life, even though you hate it. Mm. You mm. never quite fulfil what God's got for you. Mm. Because you're frightened. Mm. your arm rotting <laughs> under a boulder. Right yeah. there. Stinks. Stinks. Cut it off. Cut it off. <laughs> there you go.
0: though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read a poem. We like poetry, don't we, mate? Yeah, I do. I love a poem. There's a poet, uh, uh, Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. You must have heard this one. I quite like it. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry... I could not travel both and be one traveller long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim Hmm. because it was grassy and wanted wear though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, In leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, Somewhere ages and ages hence, Two roads diverged in a wood, And I, took the one less travelled by and that has made all the difference
1: I quite like that what does that say to you?
0: that there's a choice mm-hmm. that we face choices and we do it we face choices all the time and it came back to that other podcast we did a little while back about the 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 process of, of least um, resistance do you remember and we, we kind of look for the path that is trodden the path that looks safest the path that is the clearest, or the path that I can see the furthest down? I can see a mile down that way, but this path here look doesn't look like anyone's gone that way, and it's a curved away I can't see the friend of the corner, yeah. and there's risk, there's danger, there's possible yeah. unknown, and and I default to the the path most trodden. I think there's a risk of that, and and the 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 path of least um, mm. resilience or resistance. I um. And I don't want that.
1: I uh, I'm not just saying this for the effect of the podcast. Hmm. I've never I've never been that guy myself. I um, hmm.
0: you'll always go for the path untrodden. Yeah, give me the adventure, give me the risk.
1: Yeah, not even if I realise that at the time. <coughs> and then sometimes that's hurt people or yeah, yeah. Uh, broken relationships. But I can't. As soon as I'm like trapped, hmm. as soon as I feel like I can't be free, as soon as I feel like like I'm a. Karen said I go with my wife. Hmm. I Go like a, a tiger that's been caged in mm. captivity. I'm gnawing my leg off. It's go wild,
0: yeah.
1: can't do it. I have mm. to, no matter what the financial cost, I have to do make life decisions to bring me life. But that for me is mostly centered around freedom to innovate, mm. preach the gospel, wherever I, wherever I feel God's leading yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I've got to follow the wind of the spirit. I, I've got to, um. I mean, you've got an NIV there, haven't you? Yes, mate. Feel me free. Have,
0: uh, just while we're chatting, have a look. let me just... Because um, this is an interesting one, because I do think lots of blokes are on that path well trodden and almost long and cry out for a bit of the other path, a bit of the adventure, yeah. the risk, and the, but look back and think, well, oh, it's too late for me because <laughs> I took the other path.
1: It's not too late. This is this is uh, a great role model for me out of scripture, if that's yeah. All right. Yeah, come on. So... Uh, 1 Corinthians 16 he's talking about the offering Paul the Apostle yeah. but then it goes there's this really strange bit at the end I find Yeah. I'm going to have to read it through yeah okay and uh, it's, it's, yeah it's 10 verses after I go through Macedonia I'll come to you for I will be going through Macedonia perhaps I'll stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go for I do not want to see you now and only make a passing visit I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work is open to me, and there are many who oppose me. That's interesting. Just, just, it's yeah. not what I want to talk about. But yeah. a door opens, opposition comes. Yeah. Anyway, when Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear, while he's with you, for he's carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. No one should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace, so that he may return to me. I am expecting him along with the brothers. Now, about our brother Apollos, I strongly urge him to go with you to the brothers. He was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Mm. Now, if you dig beneath that, no one actually knows what he's doing. (laughs) No one knows what he's doing. I might go here, I'm not sure. Mm. Now, I may go there, don't know yet. He might come along, (coughs) uh, if possible, when he's got a bit of time. So anyone getting that letter, like, <coughs> imagine that it was like you yeah. talking to your mum and dad. Yeah, I might be there in November. Could be January. Yeah. not sure. So what is he doing? No one knows what he's doing. But then he says, but what he's firm on <coughs> is the gospel. <coughs> be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. Immovable. Yeah. Everything else up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to live like yeah, that. Good, that's good. That's how I want to live. Like where the spirit's moving. Now, I know it, it, people say, but that's unrealistic. But it's only unrealistic because you've made it unrealistic. mm Mm. Make life choices that bring you life. Yeah, yeah. Don't be trapped by your arm under a boulder. <laughs> Cut it off. Cut it off. But I might have to sell my house. <coughs> sell it. <coughs> mm. My kids might not be able to do this. this, this. Well, they'll, they'll learn something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. But, uh, but uh, you know, I've got to change it. Yeah. If it's not bringing you life. Yeah. And you feel God's opened the door for you, take it. Take it. Cut your arm off. Whatever the cost. Yeah, that's powerful, that, mate. Yeah. Well so that's uh that's uh that's the way that i've chosen to live yeah and it's brought us on the edge sometimes but yeah but i'm still standing yeah having fun that's it mate seeing people come across come on that's it, isn't it? that's it so don't you know i think what he's saying is <clears throat> don't be trapped
0: yeah you don't have to be no and he, he'd written his date of death do you reckon a lot of blokes have done that. This is it. I'm stuck here now. This is how it be.
1: This is my life. Hmm. Do you know what my life meant? My sort of life goals were before I came to Christ. Let me have a
0: guess. <clears throat> Make a load of money. Mhm. Um, big house in Romford. Big gates. Yep.
1: Cated. Cated. <coughs> Lions on the uh, pillars. Yeah. 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 Predatory animals on the pillars. <laughs> Maybe a couple of eagles.
0: All black. Black sort of marble and granite and. Yep. High gloss granite, I can see yeah, that. That's it, yeah. uh, so, money, big house, uh, big pension. Yep. <laughs> that's it. You're not a big golf player, but maybe something like that. Yeah. It's Was a bit of it golf? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Holly in uh, Marbella, Marbella. Spain. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Die. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Make a load of money, take up golf, buy D- Die. die. But if you boil it down, mm. a lot of people living like that. A lot of people. Then I met Christ. Changed the game.
0: Did Did he take all those desires away from you? Or did you get repurposed, refocused? Completely oh. repurposed and refocused. <clears throat> the day I gave my life to Christ. Did you? Yeah,
1: I mean, it happened over time, but I knew my life was different straight away. 100%. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I still wouldn't mind a box to rest. But I know it's not going to happen. No. Well, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But it's not important to me now.
0: It's not what's driving you, is it? No. See so what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. It's a good shift in uh, your priorities, isn't it? Yeah. Purposeful. Because these things don't bring you
1: life. Mm. A lot of people are <coughs> living their life, like you said, with their death warrants already signed. Mm. I used to stand on the, the you know, different trains and sit in cars and think, I. Oh, if you, some people are called to that and they like it, mm. but for me I can I can't conform. No. Mm. I've been breaking the rules since nineteen seventy two, as I said. Breaking my own rules. That's it, mate. Don't break the Lord's rules. No. The rules of men.
0: Thanks for joining us on the podcast. See you later. See you everybody.